And so now it is with great honor and privilege that I introduce to you our director and speaker this morning, Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron, speaking on looking fear in the faith. Morning, welcome. So I'd like you to just really become present. We, you know, it, this is an incubator, and and so it's so beautiful to to allow the the prayer work and the beautiful music. Robin's beautiful song this morning. It continues to build and lift us. And so it's not about something happens and then we, we sort of, all the air goes out of it. We're building and building and building. And so what it is is really about building a, a vibration, a, a frequency of the divine, of divinity. So we are a center of spiritual living. So our focus is more so on our individual evolution and celebration of the divinity that we are more so than uh, the definition of, of dogma and, and how we must line up with certain standards of behavior and belief. It's really about that expansion of spirituality. And I, I speak these words into the room because in the invocation of this idea, all of us continue to be shifted and changed. So let's know this morning every breath, every moment is perfect, building the sacredness of this environment in a beautiful, wonderful way. It's such a powerful thing to do together. Something wonderful is happening here if we are in agreement with that. And so what I'd like to invite you to do is sing a song with me right now, and then I will take the energy of that and move that into the spoken word of prayer. If you'd like to stand with me to do that, please feel free. If not, stay seated. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every hold for a moment the silence and in that silence it's a prayer as well in the silence it calls us to be quiet enough in the moment to understand I don't need to open my eyes in this moment I don't need to fix anything I don't need to do anything but simply be and in the silence, there's a beautiful peace if I allow that to be my intention. So in this silence, I recognize for myself 
and for everyone who is in agreement with this idea, the divine nature of life. And in recognizing it, as Dr. Holmes said, we must court the presence, our silence, our devotion in this moment courts, invites, and welcomes that presence to be more fully available. That presence that we are immersed in, this smoke of spirit that we all stand in, is readily and beautifully available. That all of the music, all of the notes, all of the words, all of the silence, the space between the notes that help create the beauty of the composition, all of it sacred, all of it divine. And so what I know in this moment is this energy continues to lift us up and out and deep. That something powerful and wonderful is having its way, that we stand grounded in the integrity of our being, the truth of our being, this divine nature, which has always been source, never stops supplying us, ever. It is my opportunity to look at those areas in my life where I shut it off. So I open myself to this flow beautifully and wonderfully, not just in this moment, but I direct this infinite intelligence to continue to work in and through and for me in every good way. Lifting me up and out of the habitual thought patterns that are continuing to bring into my life conditions and situations that I am no longer interested in experiencing. And knowing that newness is on its way here and now as we come together in this sacred vow being sourced and supplied and resourced in every good way. I give thanks for this beautiful day. I give thanks for this beautiful teaching. I give thanks for the beautiful music. All of the volunteers, not just with us today, but all that have gone before us to lay the groundwork, the, the, the layers of consciousness that we stand upon, generation after generation after generation. For this I give thanks. Knowing it is already done in the mind of the one, everything that you and I need to know this day for our greatest good, for our next great expression of life is made clear to us. This is my knowing, I give thanks, and I invite you to say with me, and so it is. So the minister, um, to set up his talk one Sunday, said, I want all of you to go home and read Matthew 17 this week. Everybody go home and read Matthew 17. And so next week, everybody shows up, and he says, how many of you wrote, read Matthew 17, and everybody put their hand up? And he said, well, I want you to know that there's only 16 chapters in Matthew now. Put your hands down. <laughs> so we're talking about faith and, and trust today and truth. Did all of you, uh, let me set this up. Um, we had a wonderful first service uh, with, with this, and... and um, uh, I wanted to um, make sure everybody had this form. It says Fear to Faith on it, a little black strip across the top. Everybody have one of these? If you don't have one, if you'd raise your hand, we're going to use this a little bit. We have some folks up front here that don't have them. How'd you guys sneak in without getting them? Oh, wow, side door, okay. That's tricky. Here, I'm going to come down and hand them out too. If you don't get one, there's a, there's a gold star on one, which means you're the winner of the million-dollar uh, raffle that we're having. Get a dollar a year for the next one million years. Um, we have a few more over here. All right. So you've got a fear to faith sheet, which is an important thing to, to, to have this morning. Looking fear in the faith. I'm not lisping. We're looking fear in the faith. 
So what I'm going to invite you to do now, this is really, really wonderful uh, work. It's deep work. It comes from the co-creation work by Reverend Marcia Sutton and Dr. Uh, Lloyd Strom, and it's been around our movement for the last 20 years. They actually, Marcia had a wonderful work, and Reverend Marcia had a work in San Francisco, and, and was so called to this that she dropped it all, went away, and started to develop this work, and it's, a, it's part of a greater body of work called co-creation. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And so I'm going to do a little piece of it. I tried to do t- a little bit too much in the first service, and it worked well. People said, thank you so much, but I, I, I'm, I understand now where to go with this a little bit better. And uh, it's an organic thing. I'm, see, I'm learning all the time. But what I'm going to invite you to do in this moment, we're going to, uh, if I have your permission to guide you in this, we're going to do a bit of, of looking at some things at the interior of our being. Um, we are doing one of these. It's a two-hour process, so I want to really touch upon it. But if you're really interested in, if it calls to you in a meaningful way, I completely welcome you to be there with us. We do it once a month. Reverend Connie Nissen is also uh, one of our facilitators that will be um, alternating with me throughout the year, this year of spiritual practice. So I'm really excited to have Reverend Connie on board as well. Uh, this continues to shift the energy of, of this uh, community in such beautiful ways. And so what I'm going to invite you to do is, uh, is just simply close your eyes. And if you're comfortable uh, with not crossing your arms or legs, um, because what, what that does, we learned this in, in Abba Johnny with John of God, is it keeps our energy to ourselves. And we want to share our energy. And we also want to be available to what wants to show up. And so as you close your eyes, I would like you to just simply breathe in, breathe out, and give thanks for this higher wisdom self always available, always available, always with us, always informing, always resourcing, instructing, guiding in every good way. Not just here, but the wonderful thing about here today is we're in this incubator of love. Let this be an incubator of love, of a bigger idea being given birth. And so thank you, thank your higher wisdom self for the guidance within this. Thank you, thank you at a deep, deep level of knowing that the highest and best is revealed to me right here and right now, that I'm not here by mistake that my soul brought me here to share this and to reveal this for myself, for my next great growth and knowing. And so I would like you to think about a current condition or situation in your life that you would like to change. A situation or condition in your life that you would like to change. Whatever pops up for you, trust it. It doesn't need to make sense. It's simply part of a theme in the, in the context of all of our life's journeys. And so when you have that, I'm gonna invite you to open your eyes and look, there's a box down on the right on your Fear to Faith sheet called oldness, O-L-D-N-E-S-S. The current situation or condition is, and just a few words about what that might be. You might be looking for a job, you might be, you know, um, you might be in the middle of a creative endeavor, you might be finished, Robin's writing an album, she may be in the middle of a song, she'd like to bring that song to completion. There may be some, some, aspect of your life that you would like to be differently. Greater love, you know, love that, that love that we long to experience in work, in relationship, in family. If you have children, plenty of stuff to pick from there. But anyway, current condition or situation is, and how you're feeling about it. Just write down a little note of how you're feeling about it. Maybe you're anxious, maybe you're sad, maybe you're joyful, maybe you're indifferent, whatever it is, just write that down. All right, I'm going to move along because I know that you're, you're with me. 
Don't feel left behind if you don't have anything yet. It'll show up. Box number two. With this situation, what I hope will happen is, what do you hope will happen? What if, if everything were resolved in this? Maybe it's financial. If everything were resolved in this, what would it look like? Everything you hoped for, it's happening now. You are supplied, pressed down, and overflowing. Whatever it may be, just simply write what you hope will happen in box number two. That's the universal hope. It's great work. And then what I'm going to invite you to do is close your eyes for a moment now because you've just established what you hope will happen. Bless you. What you hope will happen. And I want you to imagine. Go into your minds. Go into that imagination, that beautiful imagination you have. You may see pictures. It may be a feeling tone. It may be words. Everyone, everyone filters imagination differently. But what, however it's communicated to you, what, one, this, what you hope will happen has come into fruition. It's, it's happening in a, in, a, in a beautiful way, fully orbed, complete in its finest, in its finest expression. I want you to decide or, or allow the, the one word to bubble up that represents that experience. And there's a list of words across the top, right under the Fear to Faith band there, if you're struggling. But whatever the one word is, I want you to put that one word in the cloud at the top. That cloud is number three at the top. The word of God, the quality of the infinite on which I build my faith is, it could be wisdom, wholeness, power, peace, order, love, joy, freedom, beauty, balance, abundance. Whatever it may be. But it has happened. It's a one word. And now we're going to move into a challenging part of this. Dr. Holmes said we must look at a thing long enough until it no longer has power over us. So we're going to look at something, not, not create something. We're not, we're not giving energy to something. What we're doing is we're letting whatever's going on in our lives that is restricting or helping support this condition we put down, this illness in box number one, we're looking at it so that we can identify the qualities of it and look at it long enough so it no longer has power over us. So what I'm going to invite you to do is, in box number four is what I fear will happen around this idea. I've got this condition. I'd like it. I hope it'll be something different. I've imagined what it would look like as, as completion and healed and shifted and changed, but I have a fear this will happen. Write down what you fear will happen in box number four. Two really popular ideas is one, it will never, never, ever change. It'll always be the, the same way. And the other one might be that it's going to get worse. You know what? You know, that, that I'm going to end up all alone. I'm going to end up broke. Financially, spiritually, emotionally. I will never share my gifts with the world. I will have unfulfilled dreams that I will take to my grave with me. Whatever it may be. What is it that you fear will happen? And know that you're grounded in this beautiful energy of love. Just because we're thinking about it doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's the beautiful thing about creation. You know, what would the world look like if everything we thought happened instantaneously? 
Boy, oh boy, am I glad that doesn't happen. And then we wonder why our demonstrations aren't instantaneous. Well, maybe that's part of it. So whatever that thought may be, just look at it. What I fear will happen is. And I'm going to leave this right here. We're going to stand alone with this right now. I'm not going to take this any further. Um, but what, so what we've established is a condition, something we'd like to change in our lives. What we hope will happen as a result of that condition is in box number two. We have an ideal of what it looks like in box in the cloud at the top, number three, and number four is our fear. Now, we're going to do a two-hour process with this on Thursday evening. It starts at 6.30. And I would invite you, if you'd like to know more and, and, and be in this group consciousness, because part of what's so powerful about this is the group. One of the things, reasons this is so powerful when we do the work and, and when we're doing it now is we come together as a group. What fear and doubt hate is community. Fear and doubt hate community. And so what we're doing is we're looking at fear and we're looking at doubt. And so what happens in community, what happens when you work with a minister, you work with a practitioner is, all of a sudden you, you, you sit down with someone in the confidence of that and, the, and the, the, the dignity of that conversation and held in, in the confidentiality of that and you express your fear and doubt and it brings it into light. And then you're with someone that doesn't sit there and agree with you but simply realizes that you are divine and that that is not the truth of your, that of your being. It is the truth of your experience but not the truth of your being. And so when we bring fear and doubt into light, it has an opportunity to be dissolved if we're, in the right, if we're supported in the right and healthy way. And so that's what this whole thing is about, this fear to faith stuff, if you're interested. And it's layer upon layer upon layer. But I want to talk about this because I think it's, it's so important. We're starting a new year. Last week we burned the papers. We dissolved the quality of being that we're ready to let go of. Next week we're going to do our, our clean slate. We're going to write down what it is our intention is for this year. And it may be this word of God in, in cloud number three. But I'll give you an example of what I'll work with today. We, we, um, you know, we have a building that's older. And it's a beautiful facility, beautiful, wonderful energy here, wonderful. We've got our labyrinth on the floor. We've got beautiful acoustics, um, comfortable chairs. We have so many wonderful things that we do. And this week, we discovered that uh, one of our furnaces has died. We have seven furnaces here within the community. And this is part of life. We all, anybody here ever had to replace a furnace in Alberta? This is part of life, is it not? And so what will happen is, let me, so we get news of this, and I don't think it's, it's probably has been not operating all winter, because it's been extremely cold in here, and I know it's extremely cold, but it usually, you know, usually I don't see my breath during a Sunday service. <laughs> but I think it's probably not been working for quite some time. But anyway, we're looking at it, we're coming up with ideas, so when I, when I find out about it right away, I go, how are we going to pay for this? What are we going to do? Ah, 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 you know, I sort of run in a circle. If I were healthy enough, I'd probably look like Curly of the Three Stooges, just get on my side and run around in a circle on the ground. But anyway, you know, metaphorically, I do that for a little bit. And then I realize, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't help. But my fear is there's not enough, so I go into lack. And, then, and, and the, the beautiful thing about spiritual practice or being awake and aware is that my thought is creative. My thought is, is how I determine the, the quality of my life in each moment. Not just a workshop, not just these special moments when we're all together, but every time when I'm driving my car, when I'm reading the newspaper, when I'm on the internet, all the time my, my thought tendency is, is creating something. So what I get to do is go, wait a minute, this isn't what we stand for. Yes, this has happened. Hmm. And what it triggers for me when I, when I go into fear is lack. 
And then when I go into lack, what I do then, the way I manage fear, uh, uh, the fear of lack, because we all have a strategy. We have to have a strategy or we'll go crazy. So my strategy when I go into fear around not enough is I worry. Make sense? See, I go to this, ah, not enough. There's not enough money in my life. And then my practice is to manage that is worry. So then I'm over here worrying, well, there's not enough. How am I going to do this? And on and on and on. And it's fun, isn't it? Don't you love that? I mean, I really, why would I do that all the time if I didn't love it? I just, I, I realize, I love this. Man, I love being miserable. What's up with that? Because I'm deciding. I'm making the choice. And so what I realized is, I got to get my head out of here. And now, doesn't mean I ignore it. Doesn't mean that I pray over it. It doesn't mean that I deny it. This is a reality. But I got to move my head from this to the ideal of where I want to be, over here. I'm fully supplied, it is an abundant universe. It is an abundant universe. And something wonderful is waiting to happen. And it is not by my hand, but over here I gotta do it all. You know, I'm down there, Dan Horgan and I are taking the wires apart, let's get this thing working, Dan. Plumber's already been there saying, everything's shot and everything's old. It's done. No, we don't believe that, because we're metaphysicians. We can fix anything. We don't know what we're doing, but let's move some wires around. I mean, that's the insanity of this whole thing that we can do any, because we can do anything. But ours is not to fix that. We don't have the expertise. But what I'm saying is I use this as, as a beautiful example, and it is a beautiful example, and it's an opportunity, because what I know is something, something new wants to be given birth. And, and, there's, and, and a couple of really wonderful things happened. I shared this as an example in the first service. And, and a guy came up to me because I've been, you know, I'm, I'm at, you know, I'm calling different vendors. And he said, I happen to be a, a heating and uh, electrical uh, contractor. I said, yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. And he said, uh, I'll come in on Monday and we'll look at what you need. And I'll, I'll give you an unbelievable price. And I said, well, I'll believe it. So, so isn't this beautiful? So I'm not alone in this, and someone's going to show up, and yeah, there's going to be inconvenience, and yeah, there's going to be energy put into it, but me dwelling on not lack and limitation, what if I didn't hold, what if I held this myself and didn't share it? And then I'm carrying this and carrying this, and I'm up here pretending. But I, I use it as such a beautiful example, because what we want to do is we want to, we want to live in the feeling tone of the reality of who and what we are. We are always sourced by, by, by the infinite. We are always resourced. Always and if this is true, and I accept that Dr. Holmes wrote in the Science of Mind textbook, our natural state of being is one of freedom and abundance. Hmm. I want, I'm for freedom and abundance. I want to be over here in the feeling tone and the thinking of freedom and abundance. It doesn't mean that I don't take care of things over here. I still shovel the walk. I still vacuum. I still have to put the dishes in the kitchen when I'm done eating and help prepare meals. All that stuff, that's part of life. But, it, but it, to understand that where am I going to in all that put my energy, my spiritual coin? In John, it says, the truth shall set you free. And the truth is not debatable. And you're back there now, you're here for the first time going, oh great, this guy's going to tell me what the truth is. I am. But it's not my truth. The truth is not debatable. A debate is a contest of ideas based on the evidence of the senses. That's all a debate is. Spiritual truth is a unitive realization based on unseen evidence called faith. A unitive realization, which means there is no separation. God and I are one. Spirit and you are one. 
It's not something anyone gives you. It's not something anyone imparts with you. It's something that you came with. It's who you are. You are one. You are spirit and you are one. The best that we can do is the truth can only be realized by the individual that's having the experience. In other words, your experience of truth is what's important. And my experience of truth is what's important to me. The best we can do is to communicate to others the way in which we have come to our own realization of truth. A number of times people have had their own experience of truth and started what we would call a religion, a way of belief. Not right or wrong. It's just what, what's important to understand is that's their experience. And many people say, wow, that's an interesting experience. And, I, and I, there's commonalities there. So I can join you on that journey. Our challenge with this is, I've had many people come to me and say, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And I'll say, well, mind the depths of your being. Become more informed and more uh, intimately connected with the truth of your being. And, and it'll be, you'll be guided in that. They don't want to hear that. No, no, I want the nine-step plan. I don't have that. But the truth must be tested. How do we know it's true for us? It must be tested. I want to test the truth. And so the test, it's a really simple question. Freedom is the test of truth. If this were true for me, if this were true for me, this idea, if it were true for me, would I, feel, would I be more free? And, and so you have identified a condition that you'd like to change. I'm going to assume that that condition is something that doesn't allow you to feel more freedom. That is, it is not in alignment with your divine, who you are in your, in your uh, the divinity. And the, and the truth of your being. That's why we would like to shift and change it. And what I would also say is that we sense at a very deep level intuitively that we know what we're called to. We know there's, a, there's an agreement, there's an unspoken agreement at the very intuitive level that we know we're called to this experience. And what happens is we can't get there. I can't get out of this because the furnace is busted and I gotta fix it right now. So I gotta stay here and I gotta worry and I gotta sweat. I gotta, you know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane at Mount Olives and he was sweating, they say he's sweating blood. It's a metaphor for this being stuck in this consciousness of fear. And how do we move ourselves out of where we are into where the feeling tone and the awareness of where we wanna be? Not ignoring that and not doing what needs to be done over here, but saying stuck over here does not move the energy so we can have the new experience. So we've got this condition in our lives. We've identified it. We want to shift and change it because we know it doesn't line up with who and what we are. And, 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 and intuitively, we know there's, we sense something wants to happen. We always have. We're little kids. Little kids have it all the time. And then we put them in school and we domesticate them. And pretty soon it's like, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I want. I know what my mom and dad want. So I'll just do what they want. And that's not wrong either. That's part of it. So there's, the, there's three faces of God. There's the outer face of God. The outer face of God is a God that stands above and apart from all of, the, all of the world and from us. It's a deity that we must obey in order to receive the blessings. So I'm doing this to please God. This was a technique my mother was really good at. I'm going to leave you alone for a while, but God is watching. Hmm, Okay. I'll never forget the whooping I got when I asked her because I had all these holy cards. How many of these holy cards do I need to save before I can start having some fun? Not a good thing to ask your mom. She didn't think that was funny at all. I thought it was kind of funny. Mom, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You can't kid about stuff like that. So this deity we must order, uh, obey in order to receive blessings. It reflects the primary world mindset of modern urban 
and materialistic cultures where we tend to give power and authority to outside forces that are currently active in our lives. A lifestyle that is totally dedicated to outer experiences. This causes us to feel our good is always at the effect of our employers, the government, every person and event beyond our seeming control. And this is not wrong. It's just incomplete. Okay? It's a piece of it. Because that's part of life. But to, to always go to our spiritual practice worshiping this deity outside of us is, is only a piece of it. The interface of God, many great spiritual traditions primarily in the East have suggested the presence of an inner God, a presence that exists within the heart of our own being, and this practice would suggest turning away from the, from the world and turning to look for the kingdom or looking for nirvana, looking within. Once again, it's not wrong, it's just incomplete. The practice, in that practice, we can become hermits. So... Our hermits aren't with us today. I think it's obvious why they're not here. We begin to think we only find peace and happiness away from the world and within our own exclusive selves. I have a friend that's a, been on his journey, used to be involved with the community, and as he told me a while back he's not doing community any, anymore and, and because he's, he's fully self-actualized now. And my sense of that is it's much easier to be a saint when you're all alone and you don't interact with anyone. See, when we stay engaged... There's a lot of good learning in it. There's a lot of great. And so it's like, okay, you can withdraw. And that's the story. And it's okay with me. It's not my story. It's none of my business. But the point is a lifestyle dedicated to total inversion and lack of involvement in human relationships never supports us in the world. It's just, it's incomplete. There is the third face of God, the one face of God. It's the highest, in the, it's the highest teaching of all the great traditions. Highest teaching of all the great traditions. In all of them. And it says that the inner God requires us to know ourselves through a process of introspection. So that, that inner God, we must look within. The outer God requires us to know who we are by taking action in the world. The inner God wants us to know something. The outer God wants us to do something. And, in the, and, and as we live as an expression of the one God, it's to understand and to know what we're doing. It's clarity. To know what we're doing. When we know who we are, we begin to live out of inspiration rather than desperation. Life then becomes creative, joyful, and, and prosperous forms of self-expression. There's no reason for me not to stand over here in this story of the furnace and say, man, I can't wait to see what shows up. What if we put, because we spent thousands of dollars in the cold months heating this place. And I know, get fans, insulate, all that stuff. We're working on it. We're working on it in, in wonderful ways. But, but to, to, to dwell over here and say, wow, this is amazing. Great stuff's coming out of this. What's going to happen next? I can't wait to see how this turns out. To have that vibration in my life and, and welcome, because that's, that's irresistible to what wants to happen to newness. But if I stand over here having to fix it and by my hand, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So you've written down the condition. Good for you. You've written down what you, what, it, what you hoped will happen and you've written down the, the ultimate experience of that. And that's only a piece of this whole process, but it's enough for today. So what I would suggest to you during this week, your practice is whatever the condition may be, you've got to be mindful of it. If you've got something you've got to fix, you know, you've got to make the appointments, you've got to do the follow-through, you've got to do the, the shopping around. You know, we're going to get a second opinion, all that good stuff. But what I want to do with all this, I want to be up in my word or quality of God, which is abundance. 
Abundance is, is the experience of having enough of whatever, more than enough of whatever is required at each moment in our life. It's our divine nature. Where am I blocking this? Where can, where's my great good not showing up? Because I'm in the way. And that's the, that's the wonderful discovery. It's, this is not wrong. This is not bad. It's just incomplete. If we th- feel we have to carry it all ourselves, we carry this huge burden. I've got all these other things I'll share with next week. I brought way too much material today. But around this relationship, building this relationship with divinity, where we can take our thoughts and we can put them into that vibration of the most high. Sometimes it's done through music. Sometimes it's done through, we had a beautiful experience here yesterday. A number of people came. Sue Edwards lined us up and, and a number of you were there. Thank you so much. And we painted all the doors and the trim in the place. It was a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. And I'll tell you how it relates to spiritual practice, how it relates to distraction. I talked about distraction last week. See, we must distract ourselves in more effective ways. Because what happens is it, the distraction, if I'm over here in lack and limitation about furnace and problem with furnace, how do I shift myself over into this imagined area of abundance? And, and, it's, and it all is well. Well, I distract myself. And I can distract myself in many ways. I'm writing the next uh, uh, 30 guides for the August Science of Mind magazine. And what I find is when I get into the writing, I distract myself. I move into the vibration of the Most High and I'm listening in a different way. It's spiritual practice. When Robin's writing a song or writing her album, I'll guarantee you that she's moving out of whatever's going on in her day-to-day life for at least moments and distracting herself in another way. Yesterday when we came together, we have this old building, there's a lot of things happening, we need a roof at some point in time, we're looking at how do we insulate better, now the furnaces are going, you know, I feel like Rocky Balboa, legs are going, arms are going, nothing's working, on and on and on. But the point is, is that how do we, so what happened yesterday is we showed up and we said, let's love this place. And so we went and bought a little bit of paint and brushes, Kevin came in and changed all the light bulbs for us, and we, what we did is we uh, we offered care. If you want more love in your life and you can't handle a pet or a partner, buy a plant. <laughs> Start taking care of something. I'm ready for the love. 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 I'm ready for the love in my life. <laughs> we step back over here in the lack. <laughs> Doesn't work. Because what you'll attract into your life is somebody that'll come over and stand next to you and cry with you. And then you'll both be lonely in the relationship. There's nothing lonelier than being in a relationship alone. I'll take that one to the grave with me. I know that one. But the point being is that, so with your situation, it's, that's the loving indicator of life. It's not a bad thing, it's not a wrong thing, it doesn't mean you don't deserve, it doesn't mean you're being punished by this arbitrary and capricious God. It simply means there's something within my consciousness or your consciousness that's creating pain and suffering as a result of this experience. And what what the opportunity is is to realize, hmm, when I feel this way, I start to dwell at a certain feeling tone, a certain idea. And when I have that feeling tone or that experience, then this is my strategy to manage it when really what I want to do is live in that cloud up at the top of freedom. 
And so if you're interested, I would really encourage you to try out on Thursday one of these uh, healing services because it's, it's a simple, powerful, wonderful way to come together in community and lift it. And the reason what happens when we lift it is that, see, what we want to do, I think we want to do is we want to live in the thrill of life. Who, who here wants to live in the thrill of life? Yeah. You know, I want you to go home and read uh, Mark 17 right now. Anyway, but to live in the thrill of life. The thrill of life. Who says we can't live in the thrill of life? That life cannot be joyful and healthy and happy and abundant. And if all the gifts have been given, you know, Holmes used to say, Dr. Holmes used to say that you could not imagine what you long for if it didn't already exist in this, as a spiritual prototype, as a mental equivalent in the mind of God. It wouldn't show up for you. So how do we, how do we have that experience? Well, obviously this strategy is not working. Worrying for me has never worked. Worrying for me just creates more ideas and more opportunities to worry. We came here to have contrasting experiences. It's not all, you know, uh, fairy dust. But in the contrasting experiences, we get to do, we get to set new intentions. The thrill of life is to reach for something just beyond where our habit of thought is. Just beyond where our habit of thought is. Because that's what we, do, what we dwell upon, we become. And in reaching, we develop a new habit. Look at, look at how consciousness has evolved on this planet. Can you imagine 100 years ago what our ancestors would have given to experience what we experience today? And maybe not. You know, I mean, a lot of them would say, oh, I remember when I had a horse. I loved that horse, you know. But just saying, I mean, that's a mindset. You know, can you imagine the, heart, the heartache for people when all of a sudden cars showed up and they had to get rid of the horse? Because you love a horse. I love horses. I just wouldn't want to have to clean up a horse, take care of a horse, feed a horse to get up here. But we don't have to do that. We have this internet. We have all this stuff happening. It's a reflection of consciousness shifting. Someone's getting out of the way, getting out of this limitation and moving into the newness enough so that it can be expressed. What happens in life is we get bored. When we get bored, I know this for myself, we stir things up. And then when we get overwhelmed, we've got to slow it down. You know, I'm looking for that, that middle ground to be in all the time, but it doesn't happen that way. Yesterday, 12 people here painting furnaces and working. I'm like, mm, I'm spinning in it. So I had to go sit in my office, get control of myself, say, stop this. Stop all this going on here. It's all perfect. Leave it alone. All these people here expressing love. Celebrate the love. It's a beautiful thing. It's only important I mean, the bottom line is this whole discovery of God, it is only important what happens between the creator and the creation. Between the creator and the creation. Beautiful Esther Hicks tells a story about, remember the movie The Secret? I love Esther's stuff because I think it's some of the cleanest metaphysics on the planet. She's all about feeling tone. And I love that because I think it makes such great sense. But Esther said that uh, when Rhonda Burns came to her, the, the woman that wrote The Secret... She said she had this vision. And she said to uh, Esther, she said uh, Esther was doing a cruise and they were going to come and film Esther for the movie. Esther was not in the movie. There were problems and there was disagreement and she decided not to be in the movie. But she tells this beautiful teaching story. She said, so Rhonda Burns comes and says to her, do you have the, the finest uh, uh, filmographers, videographers in the world? He says, well, I don't know. I got guys that run the cameras, but I don't know if they're finest in the world. I've got the finest in the world. Oh, okay. And do you have the finest light people in the world? She says, well, I don't know. They're just light people. They set lights up and, they, you know, and everything lights up. I have the finest light people in the world. And so she said, okay, great. And so she brings her stuff and she said they filmed 
And the film was so bad with the finest videographers in the world, they couldn't use it. She said, while they were filming, one of the lights that was up fell on the ground, broke. She said, should we stop and fix that? She said, no, just keep going. Never used any of the footage. But she said, you know what? That movie was seen by millions and millions and millions of people. And that book of hers was on the bestsellers list, New York Times bestsellers list for, year, for months and months and months. Probably still on there. And she said, you want to know why? Because she had a vision for it. There's a lot of incomplete things in there. There's a lot of things in the movie in The Secret that I don't agree with and a lot of people don't agree with. But she was so compelled and called to her vision that it didn't matter what anybody else thought. Whether you agree with her or not or love the movie or not, what she is is an example of consciousness moving upon this planet and saying, I'm going to make this movie and it is going to, millions of people are going to watch it and this book is going to be a bestseller. And it doesn't matter the content, whether the content is, is, is a piecemeal or, or ineffective or not, but she had a vision. And so what I'm saying is what's important is it's between her and her creator. And that's what's important. So when you have a compelling vision in your life, and see, when you get to it and you, and you, and, and you deliver it, and, and pieces of it can be adjusted, you can adjust it. But talk about a compelling vision and a great teaching story. Let yourself cooperate with this infinite source of life that wants to supply you and supply me. Healthy distractions. Meditation is a healthy distraction. Yeah, I got all this stuff to do, all this stuff to do. I'm going to sit down and meditate. Show up tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to do a one-hour meditation based on, based on our experience in Brazil with John of God. And that's, that's not a, a non-local experience. It's a quantum field. But we're going to create that environment here because it's such a beautiful healing experience. It's beautiful. It doesn't mean you have to go to Brazil to have the experience. We can do it here. Spirit is everywhere present. We understand it. But it's the welcome and it's holding the vision and creating the space for that. What I want to do is I want to stay in the flow. I want to stay connected with spirit as much as I possibly can. Stay in the connection with my higher self and then watch what happens. Watch what happens. Hey, we've got to fix a furnace. Fantastic. What is this furnace going to look like when it's fixed? Who's going to help us? Who's going to step up? What a wonderful opportunity to do this in a new way. This is an opportunity. Instead of over here, micromanaging it, I am, I am in divine expansion, and I thrill in expansion. How about that? Divine expansion, and I thrill in expansion. So take your story this week. Look at it. Realize this is a condition, and, what, and with that condition, you can say to yourself, you know what, up until now, I've been stuck in this condition, but I, I make the agreement with myself, new agreement here, this condition is changing. In fact, what I hope will happen is happening. I'm moving into it, and, I'm, and, and the word of God that I experience. so spend 5% of your time throughout the week looking at the condition. And 95% creating that imaginal field of this is what it feels like when that condition has been shifted and changed. This is the, the, the finest expression of my life in this moment. And the beauty of that is we all benefit by that. And the beauty of that is next time the next condition shows up that you don't like, you have a tool in your pocket to deal with it and manage it well. And, and, and you move into mastery. You move out of victim consciousness and, and you move through that manifestation consciousness into co-creation. And that's what we're here for. It's an exciting time that we live. I continue to tell yourself you're on the right track. That we're make, you are making things happen. To recognize what's going on. 
to align yourself with the highest vibrational tone possible, to continue to release. I release. So there's a prayer that goes along with this process. If you come on Thursday night, I'll show you the prayer. Can't do it today. Don't have time. We've got to get Robin back up. She's got a song to sing. Get your head out of where you are and what's wrong over to where you want to be. Get your head out of where you are and what's wrong over to where you want to be. And spend more and more time over there. Blessings. I'll see you next week. So it is. <laughs>